to do the Avodah of the Beis Hamikdash that his two sons, Elazar and Isamar, who are now his oldest sons after the death of Nadav and Avihu, would take his place. As the pasuk says, "Ve'chayin Elazar ve'Isamar al pnei Aaron Avihem," and this is based on the pasuk earlier in Parshas Titzaveh, where the Torah tells us, "Shivas Yamin Yuvashem Hakain Tachtov Mibonov." That his uh, sons, the son of the Kohen Gadol, would take the place of the Kohen Gadol. As Rashi comments over there in Parshas Tetzaveh, Tachem Mibonav Melamed Shem Yesh Lo LeKohen Gadol Ben Memales Mekayma Yimnuhu Kohen Gadol Tachtav. So if the Kohen Gadol has a son who's uh, able to become the Kohen Gadol in his place, he uh, after the Kohen Gadol passes away, then uh, his son uh, assumes that position. And therefore, in this week's parsha, there's a fulfillment of that, that uh, after Aaron would no longer be able to do the Yavon, the Beis Hamikdash, his sons, Allah and Isamar, would take his place. This is not limited to the position of the Kahuna Gedayla, but the Pasuk tells in Parsha Shaft, and this applies to the Malchus as well, where the Pasuk says, Hu Ubanov Bekerev Yisrael, that he and his sons, together, uh, you know, in all of the uh, community of Klal Yisrael. That is, and the Sifrei comments, Hu Ubanov Shemez HaMelech, if the, son, if the king passes away, so then his son uh, takes his place. However, the Sefreka continues that from the fact that we have a second drush over here, it not only applies to the Kohen Gadol, but from the fact that the Torah goes out of its way to tell us that it applies to the king as well, so that implies that this applies not only to the Kohen Gadol, not only to the king, but rather any position of leadership and authority within the community. That uh, if uh, the father will no longer be able to uh, carry out his duties, the son uh, will take his place. That it applies throughout the entire community uh, to, amongst Klal Yisrael. Any position of authority or leadership within the community uh, gets passed from father to son. And this is quoted by the Ramah in Hilchus Tvil and Archaim, where the Ramah writes over here, when he becomes a little bit older, the Baal Tefillah, he wants to appoint his son to help him out at different points. So even if he doesn't have as good of a voice as the father, the Ramah says, if he's taking the place of the father with regards to other matters, then the son has precedence over any other uh, potential candidate. The tzibar uh, cannot prevent him from assuming the role that was occupied uh, by his father. And the Ramah uh, adds that this not only, I'm sorry, the Magan Avram adds over there, V'chein hu b'sifri, this is uh, from the Sifri in Parashas, Shoeftim, Shekol ha-menuyim b'nei any position of authority and leadership within the community, uh, the son assumes or uh, takes on the position uh, of the father. It gets passed from father to son. The Ramah quotes is in Hilchus, uh, in Yeradei, in Hilchus Tamid HaChamim as well, where the Ramah writes over here, Oisei Misha Hilchzik L'Rav Be'ir. Person is a rav in a certain town. I feel hisik ba'asma be'ezasor. Even if he appointed himself, ain lo hirido migdulasai. Afopi shabal l'sham gadol mimenu. Even if someone else who's a greater tamachacham comes to the community, he maintains his position. Vafiu benoi uven benoi la'olam kaidman la'cherim. They continue to carry on that position even after he's passed away. Calls match mamalim mekoy mavi avaysem biyir avahim chachamim ksa. So if they're able carry out the duties of the position, so then um, it's, uh, the son carries on the position of the father, gets passed from father to son. The Ramah adds over here, though, the Ramah adds over here, that this is only if he was accepted bestam, without any conditions that were made. However, the Ramah adds, if he's accepted in the position, when he's accepted in the position, a condition is made. They said, only for you. This is not going to necessarily get passed on to your son, so then that such a condition can be made. However, the Ramah says if there's no, uh, this is not articulated or stipulated, so then the assumption is that this is his position and it gets passed 
from uh, from the father to the son. However, uh, the Magen Avram looked back at Ois Dalit, quote him the truth of the Marjdam. The Marjdam uh, lived in the 1500s, a contemporary of the Ramah and the Shulchan Aruch. So the Marjdam writes that this only applies to positions of uh, authority or leadership within the community. But if it's a position that's a Torah position, based on a person's knowledge of Torah, a mastery of Torah, so then it does not get passed on uh, from father to son. His whole role is to spread Torah, to teach Torah. If he's you know, supposed to issue Dine Torah, so then we don't uh, apply uh, this rule. And the Chsam Seifer uh, endorses in one tshuva, he has two tshuvas about this topic, in one tshuva, uh, he spends the entire tshuva endorsing this opinion of the Marshdam. That if a, a, a position is entirely one of Torah, of uh, passing Shilas, of teaching Torah, then of course it does not get passed from father to son. The Psalm Sefer quotes from the Gemara Masech the Siyuma, which notes that there were three kalim in the Beis Hamikdash and the Mishkan that had a uh, zer, that had a crown around the top. There was, of course, the Shulchan, the um, Mizbeach, and the Oren. And the Gemara claims that this corresponds to three uh, positions, uh, three Ksarim that exist in Kalal Yisrael. You have the Keser uh, Kahuna, which corresponds to the crown on top of the Mizbeach, the Keser Malchus, that corresponds to the crown around the top of the Shulchan, and the Keser Torah, that corresponds to the crown around the top of the Oren. And the Gemara says that two of the Ksarim have already been claimed. The Keser Malchus was claimed by David Vizari, Keser Kahuna was claimed by Aaron Vizari, uh, but the Kesar Torah is Munach for whoever would like to come and to claim it. So it sounds like this is not something that there's a monopoly upon it. The one uh, you know is unique, limited to one family or one person. And whoever uh, you know, this is a uh, meritocracy, and whoever excels uh, more than somebody else is entitled uh, to that position. And the Chassam Sefer continues that this is in fact what happened to Moshe Rabbeinu in Parshas Pinchas after Moshe was told about uh, that the, if there's no sons, then daughters Yarshin in the place of the sons with this episode of Benoist Slavchan. So, Moshe Rabbeinu saw that there's a halach of Yerusha. He said, well, my son, he started to think about, you know, his estate planning, that his son should be the one to take over his position. And he asked the Kaddish Baruch Hu that his son should, should be able to take over. And the Medrash claims that uh, a Kaddish Baruch Hu rejected that um, suggestion or that, uh, you know, uh, request of Moshe Rabbeinu. And in fact, appointed Yehoshua instead because Yehoshua excelled more at learning than Moshe Rabbeinu's children. So the Chassam Sefer says you see already from the precedent of Moshe Rabbeinu that this uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was of course a Rabban Shalkol Yisrael. His main uh, role was teaching Torah and communicating Torah to Klal Yisrael. So that such a position which is uh, focused upon teaching Torah and issu- issuing uh, Pesach Din that of course uh, does not go be Yerusha uh, from father to son. He endorses this Pesach of the Marjdam. Ah, but the Ramah already said that a rub of a community does go be Yerusha uh, from the father to the son. It gets passed from father to son. So the Chassam Sefer explains that's because in our times, uh, the role of the Rabbanus has become a political appointment as well, that he's there to service the community and lead the community uh, in other ways. And uh, therefore, since it's taken on that political component or that, you know, uh, that uh, co- leadership component, uh, beyond just teaching Torah and issuing Pisgah Din, so that's why it became a position of leadership, of authority within the community, just like a Malchus or like the Kahuna Gedayla, and therefore it does get passed on... Um, sure you don't think it was political also? He was, a, he was a better leader. He had who machine, was? 
Yes, but I guess that was the main thrust of the position was one of uh, was one of uh, teaching Torah. That was the role. Moshe Yeshua. So, but the Moshe Rabbeinu asked, "Why not my children?" The Torah. That was the that was the main uh, thrust. Wasn't Moshe also considered a Melech? Also, yeah. And he was a Kohen Gadol for a period. Moshe was a complicated personality. He wore many hats. But at least this part of the leadership. Didn't get passed on. Then, or, or maybe, or maybe when Malchus also is the most capable person. Maybe Yeshua was a more capable person than they were. But Malchus is not the case. Uh, it gets passed on from father to son. Even, as long as he can carry out the duties of the position, even if he's not the most uh, worthy, does get passed on. The Chassam Sefer uh, does point out, he says, if the position is one of just teaching Torah, he says, let's say the person's uh, role is to be the Rav Roshi of a certain town. So the whole role is because you're the greatest Tamachachim in the town. So if someone else, you know, if uh, that person will pass away and his son is not the greatest Tamachachim in the town, or a person's, uh, you know, his whole role is to be a Rosh Hashiva, is to teach Torah. So then that should not necessarily get, that's not, that's not a communal political appointment. The, the whole position is one of teaching Torah, so then it should not necessarily get passed on uh, from father to son. However, if it is, it does have a political component, a communal leadership component, so then that's what the Chassam Sefer claims, that's what the Ramah is discussing, that that, uh, that would get passed from father to son. However, the Talmidim of the Chassam Sefer, the Maram Shik, um, and uh, later on the Avnei Nezer, uh, both um, claim that even though the Ramah said a position of, uh, a rabbinical position in a town, since it has a political component, the leadership component does get uh, passed, uh, from father to son, uh, there are a few limitations on that. And one important one um, is the Gemara Mesech Desharius. The Gemara says in Mesech Desharius that uh, normally a, father, uh, a son who takes over the position of the father uh, would not need um, to be Nimshach B'Shem and Amishka. You wouldn't have to anoint him anew because since he's assuming the position of the father, since the father was anointed as king, that anointing would pass on uh, to the son. However, if a machlaikis develops about who should take the place of the father, then you do have to anoint the son. Even though he's the one who takes the position, ultimately, he would require anointing. Ein meishchem melech ben melech. You don't have to anoint the son. Vim toimah v'neimah moshkeh shleimah, but shleimah melech was anointed. So that was mipnei machlaikis shel adoniyah. Because since there was a machlaikis between him and another one of David HaMelech's children, who would take over the malchus, so then they required a meshichah b'shem and a hamishchah. Why? Why, if there's a machlek, is to require Meshach B'Shem and Amishra? So the Rambam writes in Hukas Klei Amikdash that it's in order to emphasize who won the machlekes. You know, if there's a machlekes, even if one assumes a position, we can appreciate this in our time, it, it doesn't necessarily die. You know, the machlekes is not over yet until there's been some, you know, final word on the matter. So what would be the, you know, the final makabapatish that this is the one who's taking over the role would be Meshach B'Shem and Amishra. Then all the machlekes would end with that. So the Rambam says it was really just an exclamation point. However, Rashi on the Gemara Masech Tzachar is a different shot. Rashi says that the only time the son can continue on in the position of the father without Mashiach B'Shem and Amishka is if there's no machlekes. If there's a machlekes, ki'ika machlekes lav Yerushahi, then it's no longer uh, an inheritance. Uboy Mashiach Mitchila, he requires Mashiach like he's being appointed anew. Why just because there's a machlekes all of a sudden do we have to start over? It's a complex, unusual situation. So many Akhredim explain uh, for the following reason, that it's because we're not dealing over here with the general halacha of Yerusha, of a person's monetary assets, let's say, that get passed on from one generation to the next. That's not our perspective on the Malchus or on the Kahuna Gedela, that this is a person's a private fiefdom, which he owns, 
and he could, uh, you know, uh, you know the, the, decide to uh, pass it on in any way uh, that he chooses. It doesn't belong to him. Rather, we're doing the halach over here that the son steps into the shoes of the father. We want continuity here. So as long as the king, you know, is serving and he's doing, a, you know, a, a, you know gonna carry, the son can carry on the, 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 the duties of the job. So let the son step into the role of the father. We have other halachas as well where the son assumes the role of the father. He steps into his place. It's not a luck of Yerusha that it gets passed, like an asset that gets passed on from father to son, is that the son assumes the role of the father and he's memalem mukoymai of the father. Like we had in last week's parasha, parasha's Bahar, if the father sells a, a house in a, in a walled city, he has a year to redeem it. Not only does he have a year to redeem it, if uh, his son will want, he'll pass away, the son will want to redeem it, only the son can redeem it. Because the son is considered to be a continuation of the father. Yeah. So, so over here, we're dealing with a situation where the, the halach of Yerusha by the Malchus, by the Kuna Gedele, is not because it's an asset that belongs to that person, like, uh, you know, um, a monarchy, that everything within the country belongs to him, and he has the, the right to decide how it's going to get allocated. No, it's, uh, it's because the son assumes the role of the father, and we want that continuity. So if that's the case, that's only, the many Akronim explain within Rashi, that's only assuming all of the circumstances have remained the same. It's the, then we'll have continuity. However, if there's a machlekes about who's going to take over, so then the community has already changed. It's no longer the same position. Since it's no longer uh, the same position, all of the, you know, the surrounding circumstances have changed, so then the son is never going to assume the position of the father as it was before, and therefore, when there's a machlek, you require Meshicha, B'Shem, uh, and Another place where perhaps you see this uh, understanding of uh, the concept of the son assuming the role of the father is uh, with regards to the Medrash in this week's, uh, week's parasha. Where the Medrash tells us, look back at Ois Aleph, that uh, after Aaron no longer be able to carry out the duties of the Kuna Gedaila, Allah's only summer would take his place. So the Medrash comments, um, according, at least according to Rabbi Yitzchak, one opinion in the Medrash, that this even occurred during the lifetime of, Avram, uh, of Aaron HaKain. Because the Pasuk says, V'yichayin Allah's avisama al penei Aaron avihem. In front of the face of Aaron their father. That implies that he's still alive. As the Pasuk says in Parashas Noyach, V'yom ascharan al penei terech aviv. Charan died in the face, in front of the face of Terech his father, while Terech was still alive. So too, Allah's Arani Samar stepped into the role of the Kuna Gedela, even while Aaron HaKoyen was still alive. How, so many Akhrenim ask, how could it be that there's a it's passing on from one generation to the next while the father is still alive? Ain You can't uh, claim an inheritance while the parent is still alive. Or similarly, the Ramah says over here in Ois Daud, you have a Shliach Tzibur gets older, and he wants his son to help him out. You know, Leprakim, once in a while, take one of the Tfilis. He's allowed to do that. How could he do that? Ain Yerushim Even if it does get passed on from father to son, the father is still alive. So the Emek Bracha, that's one of the Talmudim of the Briskirov, of Ayyub Pamaramchik, suggests, you see from here, we're not dealing with the halach of Yerusha, that you have to wait for the father to pass away before it gets uh, you know, uh, passed on to the son. We're dealing with a halacha that the son is continuing on in the role that was occupied by the father. A kind of continuity of Ben of the father. That's the halacha of Malchus, that's the halacha of Kibbuna Gedoyal, and all positions of leadership and authority within the community that do get passed on from father to son, because the son is continuing on in the position of the father. So if the community will change, there'll be a machlekes, uh, or, uh, you know, so then it's not the same circumstance, no longer the same position, and therefore the son would require Meshicha, B'Shem and Hamishcha. The Rambam, though, does not learn like Rashi. The Rambam learned that Gemar Masech Lusheri is differently. The only reason you require Meshicha B'Shem and Hamishcha, if there's a Machlaikas, is to make it like, 
you know, an exclamation point as to who won the Machlechus. So many understand that the Rambam disagrees with this perspective, and according to the Rambam, we're dealing with a real halach of Yerusha. This is something that belonged to the father, it was his thing, the Kuna Gedal of the Malchus, that position, and he has the right to pass it on to his son. You know, it's not a halacha that the son steps into the role of the father. It's halacha of Yerusha that gets passed on from father to son. One second. Obviously, yes. According to the Rambam, he does. And you see, perhaps as a marker for the um, for this perspective as well, from a Tosef to Masech Lishkalim, the Tosef tells Masech Lishkalim that there was a person who was in charge of all of the uh, charitable funds in the uh, Beis Hamikdash called the Amrachel. The Tosef says, "Lama Nikrishmay Amrachel Mepnei Shamar Al Hakol." He was uh, in charge of everything. So he was uh, the mister of everything. And it could have been a Kayan, a Levi, or Yisrael. But then the Tosefta continues. Mishi Yeshla Ben, Ben Kaidem. If when he passes away, he has a son, the son takes his place. Ach, Ach Kaidem. If there's a brother, the brother takes his place. As long as he carries on the position properly, whoever is kaidim in the seder of nachla and the seder of inheritance carries on the position. So you see, we're not doing the halacha of the son stepping into the shoe of the father because uh, fathers and sons share a certain kind of relationship, and the father, the son, is just like a continuation of the father. We're dealing with a real halacha of Yerusha that whoever occupies a position of leadership owns that position, so to speak, and has the ability to pass it on whatever the seder of Yerusha will dictate. Yeah. In, in our style, it, so they, I mean, if there's a machlokas, that, that goes against the right? No, it means we shouldn't. No, no. If there's a machlokas, meaning there are two people with competing uh, claims, or or even if the community doesn't want him, so then that's a separate that that might this halach might not apply. Einlimchos ba means people are just upset. Well, who said why you? No. So the answer is him because his father was there in the position. If there will be a machlekes, whether he's Roy Lekach, whether maybe there should be some other candidates, then the situation has changed, and then uh, it's no so longer the role of the father. Limchos means gratuitously. Anybody, we don't have anybody else. Yeah, but people say, well, but why are you? Yeah. Or he's stepping, people are meicha for every reason, you know, why not? So there's Ramah saying, ain't Limchos, but what are you getting involved? But if a machlekes emerges, there's really competing claims, so then, uh, then, then it's not the same role as the father. Father had a malchus, he doesn't have a malchus. Can the father say, I don't want my son take over? So what about over here? Are we dealing with the that the son assumes the role of the father? Are we dealing with something that's uh, Yerusha, that belongs to the father, so, sort of? And he's passing on, uh, you know, uh, to, to, to the next generation, then the Seder Yerusha should apply. So the Paiskim uh, debate, uh, many issues that perhaps revolve around this, these two perspectives, how to view this halacha. So for example, uh, the Shaila was uh, brought in the time of the Avodah Sagirshuni, that's uh, 1600s in uh, Krakow. So he was asked, what about a son-in-law? There's no sons. Should a son-in-law take over? He says, no, this is not a halach of Yerusha that gets passed on from Seder Yerusha if there's no son, so it goes to the daughters, and then the son-in-law could take over the position. It's a halacha of continuity, that the son and the father share a certain bond, and it's considered to be a continuation of the, of the, of the leadership of the father. But it wouldn't necessarily get passed on to son-in-laws. However, in the back of the Truvis HaRamah, there's Truvis from a show of Krakow. A little bit after the Ramah, but the Ramah, of course, is from Krakow. So the, the Truvis of show of Krakow are printed there, contemporary of the Avodis HaGershuni. He disagrees. He says, no, we're dealing with a real halach of Yerusha over here. And uh, if there's no sons, it gets passed on to the daughters. And the daughter, the husband, her husband, then can assume the role, even the son-in-law. Another, uh, perhaps, uh, issue. Yeah. Don't do that. All the <laughs> 
Another, another issue which perhaps revolves around this, an issue that's discussed by the Marsham, by the Debrei Chaim, is what about if there's a son, but the son is not ready yet to assume the position. So we need a placeholder, a person who's going to hold a position till the son is ready. So someone else takes over the position in the interim. So if we're dealing with halacha, that the son takes over the role of the father, we want continuity. So it never belonged to this guy in the first place. It really belonged to the father. So the father will pass it on to the, to the son when the son will be ready. But if we're dealing with halacha over here of Yerusha, once someone else takes over the position, it becomes his. And it should go to his yarshim. It should, the father necessarily, the grandfather can't necessarily, the father can't necessarily dictate, I don't want, I, I want you, and I don't want you, I don't want you. It doesn't belong to you. It's that the son uh, should step into the role of the father. And many, of course, many different permutations of all of these cases. But there, there are these two perspectives that exist uh, within, within how to understand this halacha. However, the Rav Sternbach writes in the Chuvis Van Haggis, he quotes in the name of the Chafetz Chaim, that even though the Ramah writes a position of Rabbonus within a, a town does go be Arusha from the father to the son, at least to the son, that the son, uh, if the father is no longer able to carry out the duties, the son has the, you know, can assume uh, that position, and as the Ramah said, we shouldn't prevent them from doing that, uh, that uh, perhaps does not apply in our time. Why not? Because uh, the Chafiz Chaim claims the main role of the Rabbanus in our time is not the community leadership or po- political appointments, it's rather to inspire and to motivate people to keep the Torah in the mitzvahs. And that does not go be Yerusha from father to son. The Gemara tells us in Mesechtas Yuma that even though the Kahuna Gedaira did get passed on from father to son, but there was another, uh, another Kohen Gadol, besides the Kohen Gadol who would do the Avadim of the Beis there was a Kohen Gadol, Meshuach Mochama, who would inspire and motivate the troops before they would go out to war. So the Gemara says in Masech Yuma, that position does not uh, pass, on, pass from father to son. You might have thought the Mashuach Muhammad would also get passed from father to son, just like the Kunu Gedela, the one who did the Avadim Beis HaMikdash. That he will enter into the El Moed, Mishiroi Lovo El Moed. Meshuach Muhammad does not get passed from father to son. Why is it any different? So the Chavis Chaim explained because the Meshuach Muhammad, his role is to inspire, to motivate people. And what inspires and motivates people in one generation is not going to be the same in the next generation. The Avodah of the Beis Hamikdash is the same, it's immutable. It's the same in one generation and the next. So that position of Kuna Gedola to do the Avay in the Beis Hamikdash gets passed from father to son. The son saw how the father did it, he can step into that role. However, the Meshuach Mochama is to inspire and to motivate people. That changes in every generation. So that does not get passed from father to son. So, so too, uh, Sternbach quotes from the Chavetz Chaim in our times, uh, the Rabbanus Neshananus get passed from father to son because the main role of the Rabbanus is to, uh, is to inspire and to motivate people, in which case it would revert back to being what perhaps the Rabbanus should have been, which is teaching Torah and Paskining uh, Halachis, which the Marshdam told us that that never got past Biyarusha in the first place. That was a meritocracy. Whoever was more royal uh, was the one who, uh, who assumed uh, the position. And perhaps the political leadership and all of that is really not the main role, uh, is not the main role, uh, wasn't the main role to begin with, and is not the main role uh, in our times either. This is relevant uh, as well, not only with regards to passing on positions of community leadership within the community, but perhaps uh, with regards to passing on a mitzvah, a person who has the, you know, uh, has the right or has earned the right to perform a mitzvah within the community, does that get passed on from uh, the father to the son? So the Mordechai writes over here, Masech is Baba Basra, over here, Oisid Beis, that his shagah was asked in Marami Rutenberg, Adam Shehichzik b'mitzvah, a person who had become accustomed to performing a public mitzvah, 
Kigom Beglila Besefer Torah, Vira Einas Aini, and he's unable to do it uh, for one year or one time because of an Einas, he's not well, or because he's unable to uh, to afford it. Vinasnu Akalas a Mitzvah LaAcher, and the community gave the Mitzvah to somebody else. Veachach Aver HaEinas VeHeshir, he either got better or he's now able to afford to do the Mitzvah again. Vedarsh LaHachzer LaEisam Mitzvah Shechzik Boy, he wants to reclaim that Mitzvah that he became accustomed to doing. So the Kiyesh the Kel Yodel Lishama Sardin we could betchila now we could pay for it. Veheishiv the Marami Rutenberg responded. He has the right to uh, resume doing that mitzvah because the Gemara says in Masechtas Yuma if the Kaingala will be a carry about carry one year on Yom Kippurim we're going to have to appoint someone else in his place. Nonetheless, after uh, you know he uh, he uh, becomes taller again, he goes back to assuming the role as the kain gadol. The person who got pointed in his place is now stuck in limbo. He can't go back to being a regular kain malam uh, vein and he can't continue on as the kain gadol. So that whoever assumed the, his place is now stuck. But he is yeah, but now he's stuck. He can't go back to the bench. But the uh, kain gadol resumes his role as the being the kain gadol. And Tysus there writes, not only with regards to the Kain Galo, this is with regards to all community, uh, anybody who's doing a mitzvah on behalf of the community, he had to be removed from his position temporarily. When he gets better, he recuperates, he has the right to resume that position. What is this based on? This is based on a different uh, marker, based on a Pasuk and Parshas Truma with regards to the building of the Mishkan. There the Pasuk says, quoted by the Talmud Yushalmi Mesech Shamas. You should erect the Mishkan according to the rules, properly. What is the, the rules of erecting the Mishkan? It doesn't mean the halachis. What it means is that whatever board was in the north, says the Yushami, should continue to be in the north. Whatever board was in the south, should continue to be in the south. They were labeled where they would go. When they took it down, the, the Mishkan was reassembled. They were labeled where they went, and they were put back in their original spot. So whatever was in the north would be in the north. Whatever was in the south would be in the south, because that board had earned the right uh, to be in that position. So, so too, um, the Marami Rutenberg derives from the Talmud Yushalmi that anybody who has earned the right uh, to, uh, to perform a mitzvah on behalf of the community should be, be, have the, the, the right to continue performing that mitzvah. And this is quoted in the Shulchan Aruch. Over here, Simen Kufnu and Gimel Sifcha Beis, Adam Shuraga B'Shum Mitzvah, Kagoin Glila, like doing a Glila, some communal mitzvah, has the right to continue on doing that mitzvah. However, the Shulchan Aruch adds uh, one uh, limitation, important, and that is, um, that's assuming that he didn't pass on an opportunity to do it. He was not well, wasn't able to do it. Or he wasn't able to afford to do it. And then he, uh, he uh, you know, uh, he recuperates, or regains the ability to pay for it. Then he resumes, he has the right to resume doing that mitzvah. But let's say the guy, you know, leaves. He decides to go to Eretz Israel one year. You know, from after Yana. Then you don't have the, you, you lose the right. Or a guy is here and he decides he doesn't want it that year. Yeah, he could have done it and he decides he doesn't want to. So then once you pass, uh, you lose uh, the right to continue well, that to performing that mitzvah. That's open for sale. We'll get to things that are open for sale. Okay. We'll get to it. One second. Okay? But let's say a person is doing a mitzvah. He always has a uh, psicha, tanim zmiris, and he decides to go away. So he decides, you know what? I'm busy uh, mocking around with the kiddush. I'm not going to do it. You do it. Then you lose your rights. It's all bets are off. He doesn't have the right to continue uh, to do this. And this halacha is also found in the Gemara Masechta's Gittin. Also, from a slightly different perspective, we're already saying the person has earned the right to do it and to continue to do it. The Gemara Sechlis Gittin introduces another element over here, which is the Mishnah says, yashin, The house that we place the Erev Chatzeros in, that's every Erev which uh, enables people to carry, also has to have a box of matzahs, 
which symbolically represents as if we're all living in one home. So the, uh, whatever house we place the box of matzahs in, one year we should do it the following year as well. Mipnei dar kisholem. In order to keep people happy, and also, what is the dar kisholem here? Mishum chashoda. The people shouldn't suspect uh, something is amiss. And Titus explains what that means is people might say, oh, they didn't move the Erev because there was something wrong uh, with this person's house, with the, the way he's conducting uh, his uh, family business. So we don't want people to have any, uh, uh, give people any foothold, to have any suspicions about uh, anybody else's, you know, any impropriety, which of course did not occur. So therefore, whatever house the, ha- the Erev was in, uh, the following year should continue uh, to be in that house. So so too, the Shulchanar quotes this, over here in Sif Yud Zion, same Simon, that a person who has a shul in his house, uh, the community can't move it to a different house. It says, Mr. Bruf, they want to build a proper shul, of course they can do that. And the guy who has the house meaning there's no tinus. But if they want to move houses, they want to make a different house. We have a rotating schedule. It says, Mr. Bruf, you can't do that. Once uh, they, all, uh, you know, they all gave him the right to have it in his house, he has the right to continue to have it in his house. If they want to make a second minion and he'll still have a minion, Mr. Burr says you could do that. As long as he has a minion in his house, that's fine. Uh, but you have to allow him to, con- to continue to have a minion in his house. And then Mr. Burr adds that this applies to any mitzvah, even a mitzvah that's bum, he's man, he's man. Uh, if a person has earned the right to perform that mitzvah, he has the right to, to continue um, to perform that mitzvah. However, the Ramah adds another limitation on this. One limitation we had is, if the person is Michael once, he doesn't do it. If he gives up, he goes away, or he's not too busy to do it. So then, one second, so then he loses that right. Another limitation, the Ramah says, is that this is only assuming we had another option. We have many houses we could host them in, and we decide to host it by you. But let's say we have no other option. What situation could that be? So the Ramah is discussing over here, Yochid Shiyet, this in Chesha Mishpat, Yochid Shiyet, these halachs appear in Chesha Mishpat too. All of them. So Yochid Shiyet, Sefer Torah. If a Yochid has a Sefer Torah, and he do- donates it to the Beis HaMikdor, uh, to the Beis HaKnesses. V'hichsuk Shatsiba, Kurei Tama, B'Sefer Torah Shalom. We always read his Sefer Torah. Why? Because we have no other Sefer Torah. So, Sefer Torah, Acher, we had other Sefer Torah. We are machabed him to use this Sefer Torah. So then he has the right to say, look, you have a, I, I've earned the right to, that uh, you read from my Sefer Torah and I demand that you continue to read from my Sefer Torah. But if we, uh, we don't have any other Sefer Torah, it says the Ramah over here in the middle of the second line, That's not considered to be a Chazaka. Why? Because we had no other choice. It's not that we assigned you the right to have this public mitzvah and therefore you've earned the right to continue doing it. We had no other option. A guy donates a parachis to the shul. So we don't have any other parachis. And then someone decides, I want to donate, I want to update the parachis, donate a new parachis. So can the person who donated the old parachis claim, well, I have a, I've earned the right to have my parachis be on the iron. So many say, no, it's the same as the Sefer Torah. If we didn't have any other parachis, so then uh, it doesn't necessarily assign, we weren't all Michael to you, that you have the right to have the parachis. We had no other choice. We had no other Sefer Torah. So if another Sefer Torah will come, so then uh, we can now begin uh, to switch off. If we did have a bunch of people would have done it, uh, we gave the right to you, okay, so then uh, that, that's a whole different situation. But if we didn't have any other options, so then uh, not necessarily so the, does that get assigned to you. Two Sefer Torah, one is clearly nicer than the other, and using this is nicer, and now a third person comes along. You can say the same thing, we only use yours because it's nicer. If you have, I don't know yeah. what nicer means, either it's kosher or it's puzzle. But if it's kosher, and you decide to use one, so, the, so then uh, you don't necessarily have the right to say, uh, so if, if we decide to always lane from one, 
So then, uh, so then we've assigned that right to somebody. In the case of the chila, can a father use his son as a placeholder? Say, I'm not in the mood to do this year, let my son do it, then I'll take it back. No, so mitzvahs, we're going to get to in one second. We discussed positions of authority. We're almost done with mitzvahs. However, this is only if this wasn't auctioned off. If the mitzvah is auctioned off, so then uh, whoever, whoever can pay more money has a right to claim the mitzvah. You don't have the right to say, uh, well, I bought it last year, I bought it the year before, and no one else can outbid me. The Sefer Chassidim says, even if people are shaloy lishma, it's not that they want to give more money to tzedakah, they just want to oust this guy from the mitzvah, they have the right to do it. He says over here, they want the covet, or they want to remove that guy from the covet. You can't remove a guy uh, from doing a mitzvah. And this is also found, uh, I'm sorry, you can't prevent a guy from donating more money to tzedakah. So if he's going to give more money to tzedakah, he's the right to outbid him. So the Mordechai says, Mesech is Megillah as well. If a person is going to pay more for the mitzvah, he has the right to get it. So when then are we discussing that a person's earned the right to do a mitzvah that belongs to him? We're discussing where he started doing it for free. He wasn't paying for it, or he's the only one who stepped up to do it, even if it involves some, you know, a psicha, it doesn't cost money, and we gave it to him. So why did we give it to him? Must be where he earned the right to do it, and therefore he has the right to continue to do it. Or no one else wanted to pay for it. No one, we asked, who wants to pay for a parachis? And no one steps up. And this guy stepped up to do it. So then he has earned the right to continue to do it. If we, uh, you know, we, uh, well, let's say we need a safer Torah. Who wants to write a safer Torah? No one's, so one guy steps up to do it. He's earned the right to continue to have his safer Torah be the safer Torah that they lane from. That's based on the Gemara, Mesech Tainus, where the Gemara says, when they first came back in the times of uh, Ezra to the Beis Hamikdash, there was no wood in the Beis Hamikdash. And there was one family that stepped up and paid for all the wood. So the Gemara says, even though later on in history, the, the storehouse would be full of wood for the Beis Hamikdash, they would continue to use the wood of that family. Because when no one was willing to pay for it, they were willing to pay for it. So if a guy uh, does it, it's either involves, they never auctioned it off in the first place, or he's the only one who stood up to pay for it, he's earned the right to do that mitzvah, and he has the right to continue to do the mitzvah, nobody has the right to remove him. But does it get passed on from father to son? Writes the Mordechai, Mesechus Megillah, V'loi Shaykh Yerusha B'mitzvah. No. It's, he has earned the right to do it. It does not get passed on from father to son. Why not? So the Mepharshim explained, the Chesam Sefer explains, because again, this is like a person who's teaching Torah. There's no Yerusha by mitzvah. A person doesn't own uh, the mitzvah. When we're dealing with a communal position of leadership, of authority within the community, yeah, okay, so then uh, we want continuity there in the leadership and the political you know, appointment, whatever, and that continues from father to son. But if it's just the Torah, it's just mitzvah, it's a relationship with the Rebbeinah Shalom, you know, as the Mishnah says in Abbas, Haskin Atzum Torah, Yerushalach, that, that, uh, that uh, does not get passed down from father to son. Every person has to establish their own, uh, their own relationship with the Kaddish. What about with the Rebbes? Yeah. Or, 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 I didn't forget about the Rebbes. I left it out on purpose. The Rebbes are the So if he's not able to carry it on, he's not worried. Heliberman says Rebbes are the Malchus. Of course they hold the Malchus. Rebbe holds the Malchus. It's 